This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. That, once again, is freetalklive.com. As we settle back into our normal chairs, Mark, Mm -hmm. uh, after a weekend of broadcasting live from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, which was just an incredible event, Um, just, I guess, a, a few reflections on it, I thought... That, and I was being honest over the weekend. They really couldn't have done anything to make it any better. I really don't think they could have. I mean, it was just it was, an incredible. It was great. Uh, there were, th- I think, over over 250 people, probably closer to 300. <laughs> right. They estimated over 300. Over 300 throughout the entire weekend that had come in and out of there. And uh, to see various different things, everything from uh, big libertarian luminaries like John Stossel, who I am told gave an excellent speech mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Very entertaining. And uh, Ron Paul, of course, was in attendance on Sunday. He did not announce his candidacy for president. So I guess he's still in the exploratory committee phase. Right. Though I guess the news of the weekend was that Michael Badnarik, the 2004 libertarian presidential candidate, had endorsed Ron Paul. Right. He did so in front of me. Uh, He basically said anybody who didn't endorse Ron Paul based on his... uh I don't think he specifically mentioned immigration, but based on you know some of his uh, issues that were less than um, entirely libertarian, was being foolish. Um, that Ron Paul is you know by and large a libertarian, and um, you know to to, to not endorse gets, him based on based on that would be, be being foolish. Sure, and and if he can actually manage to get the Republican Party nod, then he's the only libertarian with a chance to win. You know, Bill Westmiller gave a really great explanation as to why that how that could happen. Um, you know, you know more or less McCain and Giuliani and uh, you know who, Mitt Romney managed to uh, tire each other out. If uh, and you know Ron Paul makes a great showing in New Hampshire, which I suspect he will, considering the free staters that are here and how excited they mm-hmm. are about him. Um, he could very well be the uh, second guy, and and you know it. The it's it's funny what happens in these uh, primary races. Uh, Bill Clinton wasn't the front front runner. George Bush wasn't the front runner. Um, there's you know lots of presidential candidates who have uh, managed to make it through, and um, when the big boy out there didn't. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a very it's a real possibility as to uh, whether or not how probable it is. I think that uh, right now. Making a a call on that is really just silly. We don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I know he's expected. He's, he's got to, the best chance of any libertarian who's ever run. That I would say is definitely a a fair statement. Yep. And also, uh, I guess he's going to be in a, a Larry King debate of some sort mm-hmm. in New Hampshire in April. April the fourth, I believe. And he's going to be debating. I don't know who, but I presume the other candidates. And in that case, one would assume. In that case, uh, that's something I want to see. Because I, it's going to be very interesting to see how these big government Republicans fare against Ron Paul. I mean, he could really clean it up. I, well, you know, once the libertarian message gets out in front of um, you know the rest of these messages, it shows people, wow, the government's bloated and ineffective. And I, I would love to see them see him on equal footing. This guy's a representative in the U.S. House. He's not just some guy from somewhere. Yeah. I mean, he's not just some libertarian who's uh, managed to get. Uh, you know, uh, get, get on television. He's he's a representative. So it'll be interesting to see how this develops as time goes on. An incredibly successful event over the weekend. We had a lot of fun meeting a, a huge number of our listeners. I'd be curious to know, of the 300 people in attendance, 
How many of them were Free Talk Live listeners? It seemed like a significant percentage. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, over 50% would be my guess. You think? I do. Wow. I, mean, I, wouldn't, have, see, I wouldn't have gone that high. Did you see all those people? Yeah, well, there were a lot of people, that is for sure. And, uh, you know, even the ones that didn't come necessarily simply because Free Talk Live advertised it, mm-hmm. many of them had listened at some point. Um, I just, it seems to me, especially and, uh, the younger demographic. And uh, that for sure. I think of the, of the people attending under the age of 40, yeah, we 45. had a significant uh, percentage of them. And I think we also picked up some new listeners as well while we were there, which yep. is also nice. Of course, giving out plenty of our Free Talk Live bumper stickers, which there are some remaining. I'd say we, uh, I came, I came there with a, about 250 stickers, and I'd say we got rid of a good 75, uh, 80 stickers, which is pretty good. Yeah. So if you still want to get your Free Talk Live bumper sticker, head over to store.freetalklive.com to find out how to do that. Anyway, we're back doing our normal thing. Uh, of course, we were still doing our normal thing, just had more guests than we normally ever do. Because there were just so many interesting people milling about, it would have been silly for us to sit here and talk about news stories, and we could talk to interesting people. And that's what, again, the show's about, is talking to interesting people like you. So, 800-259-9231, you take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind to start things out tonight. There's a story that I've had sitting in my prep pile for a while, and it's just, it's a sick story. Sick in that uh, there's a woman who's facing 40 years in prison for, I guess, allowing porn pop-ups on her computer in a school classroom. Okay. Yeah, it's really just an absurd story of government supposedly protecting the children at the cost of putting one possibly innocent woman in prison for 40 years. When you say she allowed them, what's that mean? Well, according to the AP, until recently, Julia Merrow says she lived the quiet life of a small-town substitute teacher with little knowledge of computers and even less about pornography. Now she's in the middle of a criminal case that hinges on intricacies of both, and it could put her behind uh, behind bars for up to 40 years. She was convicted last month of exposing 7th grade students to pornography on her classroom computer. She contended the images were inadvertently thrust onto the screen by pornographers' unseen spyware and adware programs. Hmm. Prosecutors dispute that. But her argument has made her a cause celebre among some technology experts who say what happened to her could happen to anyone. I'm scared, the 40-year-old Amaro said. I'm just beside myself over something I didn't do. It all began October 2004. Amaro was assigned to a class at Kelly Middle School in Norwich, a city of around 37,000 people in Connecticut, uh, about 40 miles east of Hartford. Amaro says that before her class started, a teacher allowed her to email her husband. She says she used the computer, then went to the bathroom, returning to find the permanent teacher gone and two students viewing a website on hairstyles. Amaro says she chased the students away and started class, but later, she says, pornographic images started popping up on the computer screen by themselves. That's got to be embarrassing. She says she tried to click the images off, but they kept returning. I think that this has happened to most people. Well, as anybody who has experienced this spyware-adware problem can attest to, you close one window, and immediately there's code running in the background of your computer that ensures that another window is going to pop right up. And it's, it seems like some, sometimes it seems like they're just going to keep on coming. That's what happened here. She says she tried to cl- uh, keep turning them off, but they kept returning. And she was under strict orders not to shut the computer off. I don't know why that was, but she allegedly was. She says, I did everything I possibly could to keep them from seeing anything. Prosecutor David Smith contended at Amaro's three-day trial that she actually clicked on graphic websites. Several students testified they saw pictures. She may very well have clicked on graphic websites trying to get the thing to turn off. I mean, she, it's not like she knew a great deal about computers. or She alleges she does not. Right. I mean, that's 
I don't know. As many teachers do not. I can att- I can attest from my time in high school that uh, a lot of teachers had trouble pl- um, with the power button. They let alone this whole internet thing and checking emails. Whoa! I think that this is just an, an embarrassing situation that should have been um, at 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 the very least she should have been just talked to. You know what happened and that kind of thing. I, this this doesn't but seem. But Mark, like a, she's she's hurting the children's minds. She's injuring children. It doesn't seem like she was. I mean, even if the the pornographers perhaps were, but uh, several she students wasn't. testified they saw pictures of naked men and women, including at least one image of a couple having oral sex. I'm Computer sure that's consultant true. Herb Horner testified for the defense that the children had gone to an innocent website on hairstyles and were redirected to another hairstyle site that had pornographic links. He says it can happen to anybody. Yeah, I would say it could. The defense argued that images were caused by adware and spyware programs that are often secretly planted on computers by Internet businesses to track users' browsing habits. They can generate pop-up ads, in some cases, pornographic ones. It's absolutely plausible, says Ari Schwartz, deputy director of the Center for Democracy and Technology. He said it's a huge problem. But many remain skeptical, including Mark Steinmetz, who served on Amero's jury. He says... So many kids noticed this going on. It was truly uncalled for. I would not want my child in her classroom. All she had to do was throw a coat over it or unplug it. Well, just because she didn't think of throwing a coat over it, I don't know if I would have thought of throwing a coat over it. Right. She she might have very and well unplugging been. Unplugging it, assuming that she was ordered to, to keep the thing on, I don't know if that would have stopped me from turning it off. Well, but. she could have turned off the monitor, but... Again, that's presuming she had the presence of mind to think of these things. She right. may have you been can't so put her flustered. in jail because she made a mistake. You could put her in jail if she did something wrong. She could have been so flustered by seeing these images up on the screen and really just completely lost it. Gotten really nervous, really unsure of what to do. Zero tolerance is out of control. Well, there's more on the way about this case and your calls as well about anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. And that does include the updates. You get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. And that's updates.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We're talking about a very disturbing case out of, I believe, Norwich, Connecticut, where a substitute teacher, or a former substitute teacher, I suppose, is now facing 40 years in prison, up to 40 years in prison, on multiple felony counts. Now, I'm looking through here this story to find out what exactly the charges were. It doesn't... I've yet to see the... two got two different articles about this. I've yet to see either one mention what the charges were in this particular case that she was found guilty of. Like, what on earth could possibly get you... What what, what do you call... um, What's the crime where you leave a pornographic image up on a computer screen for a young person to see? Corrupting the youth? I mean, what contributing, is that? Contributing to the delinquency of a minor? Is that a felony? I don't know. It certainly doesn't sound like it should be a felony, but whatever it was, she was charged with a whole bunch of them, and allegedly what happened here was that she was teaching as a substitute in a class. Uh, she came back into the room after allowing a couple kids on the computer, and then during her, uh, I guess during the class at some point, 
porn, uh, pornographic images, ads started popping up on the computer screen. She tried to click them off. They kept coming back. As anybody who's ever had experience with adware and spyware knows, that's exactly what happens. The prosecution says that she was doing this on purpose, that she's a, a porn addict and that she couldn't stay away from the porn even though she was still even though she was at her job in the classroom of course the defense is saying this could have been anybody this could have been a couple of kids on the computer clicking on a, a semi risky website some adware installed itself and uh, began popping up porn ads so many kids noticed what's going on said one juror it was it was truly uncalled for i wouldn't want my kid in her classroom all she had to do was throw a coat over it or unplug it we figured even if there were pop-ups would you sit there well, it doesn't sound like she sat there. She said she tried to stop them, but well, she doesn't know anything to, about computers. Right. It sounded to me like she was sitting by the computer just trying to turn the things off, and every time they'd pop up, one, she'd try to turn it off, but right. some kids managed to see some pictures because, she, I don't know, Right. We don't did. know. We don't know how long this went on for because they only say it doesn't sound like it went for too long because it, it says that they had kids testifying during the trial, students in the classroom, saying they saw pictures of naked men and women, including at least one image of a couple having oral sex. Is that all? I mean, if that's it, then that doesn't sound like it went on for a half an hour or anything like that. And so it seems like it was... I mean, it's unfortunate, but it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like a crime that should be punished by any kind of jail time, especially 40 years. It's, it's just incredible to me. The Federal Trade Commission has been cracking down on companies accused of spreading malicious spyware to millions of computers worldwide, and pop-up blockers that can prevent so-called porn storms are now in wide use. However, they may not necessarily be in use in a, comp- in a classroom. It seems unlikely that they, a high school would, that they would be school. in a um, that they would have those in a school computer. It, and maybe it's just unlikely because the IT department is a, a bunch of bureaucrats and they just don't care. It never caught, crossed their mind that... And maybe they figured that no one would ever surf to a porn website within their... Who knows what they were thinking? It's a bad idea to not have spyware uh, pop-up software on your computer. But I want to know how you feel about this particular case. Do you feel like this woman was somehow responsible? Even though she was even... She was the substitute teacher. I mean, this could have been a result of something that the regular teacher went and did. And the adware installed itself. And it just so happened to start popping up ads on this particular day. It's hard to t- that doesn't seem as likely to me. I mean, it, my experience is that uh, whenever you get these things going, they they happened right then. Well, then that, 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 that doesn't mean anything. It, it doesn't could, mean it anything. doesn't mean anything. It could have happened any time. It could happen based on they can program these things to where it it uh, pops up ads based on where you surf to. So the adware might have already been installed and noticed something that triggered a, a porn ad or something like that. So they really found this woman guilty. They found her guilty, and she's facing 40 years in prison. How do you feel about it? Let's go to Shiloh. Shiloh in Michigan? You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Shiloh. Shiloh in Michigan going twice? I think it sounded like he he hung up. All right. That's interesting because it was a a station that I did not recognize. Mm -hmm. It was always interesting to to find out if we've got secret stations out there. We seem to have some. Airing the show. Hopefully Shiloh will call back. 800-259-9231. Amaro and her supporters say the old computer lacked firewall or anti-spyware protections to prevent inappropriate pop-ups. What's extraordinary is the prosecution admitted there was no search made for spyware, an incredible blunder akin to not checking for fingerprints at a crime scene. Yeah, it does seem like an incredible blunder to me. Said Alex Eckleberry, president of a Florida software company, as he wrote in a local newspaper, quote, When a pop-up occurs on a computer, it will get shown as a visited website, and no physical click is necessary. So what he's saying happened 
was that the investigators didn't bother to check for adware or spyware, even that's the even though that's the most likely uh, occurrence. If I were investigating, I wouldn't know how to check for those things. If you were investigating a computer case, you should be a computer guy. That's what they should have, but who knows if they were in some town where they even had a computer guy to check these things. Well, anyway, that's what apparently didn't happen was they didn't run a check for that. And this guy's saying that if a pop-up occurs, that gets listed in your history, so it looks like you went there. Right. So if all of a sudden Free Talk Live buys a bunch of pop-up ads on an adware service, which of course we wouldn't do, no. but just as an example, if we bought a bunch of pop-up ads and our ads started popping up on people's computers, you check their browsing history, it would look as though that they went to our website, even though it was the little adware program that did it. Smith, the prosecutor, wouldn't say what he plans to recommend when Amaro's sentenced on March 2nd, again, up to 40 years possible. John Newsom, a defense attorney in Norwich, familiar with the case, said Amaro might be spared prison or face perhaps a year to 18 months. God, a year to 18 months? This is ridiculous. Principal Scott Fain said the computer lacked the latest firewall protection because a vendor's bill had gone unpaid. Hmm. I was shocked to see what made it through, he said. But Fain also said Amaro was the only one to report such a problem. We've never had a problem with pop-ups before or since. But again, what, what does that mean? It, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything that they hadn't had that problem before. It doesn't and it doesn't really. mean anything that it happened to happen in this woman's class. This is incredible to me. And I want to know how you feel. Is there anybody out there that thinks this woman, this substitute teacher, who allegedly is clueless and doesn't know anything about the Internet or computers, and even if she did know things about the Internet or computers, really, I mean, even if she was a computer whiz and she happened to substitute for a class where there were, where there were adware and spyware installed on the machine and she knew enough to shut off the monitor, even if, like, she had been teaching or if she'd went out of the room and some kids had seen some pop-ups come up on the computer while she wasn't there to to see it happen, and so therefore she corrupted the youth or whatever, or allowed the the youth to be corrupted. Really, does it really mean that she needs to spend time in prison? Is any jail time an appropriate answer to this problem? Any at all? If you think so, I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231, the toll-free, packet8.net toll-free line. I mean, at worst, I think the woman should be maybe fired. Maybe, at worst. And I don't even think that should have happened. Fired is definitely, you know, if she was purposely doing this, fired sounds right. There's no way to even prove that, though. No. In which, ca- in which case, that's why I say I don't even think that should have happened. But what do you think? 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, we'll find a real porn criminal on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. There's live streams there, including a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well, both of them totally free. That's freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. 
1-800-259-9231. Talking about one of the more disturbing stories in the news so far this year, the, the case of Julia Mero, a substitute teacher who's now facing up to 40 years in prison for essentially allowing for a, a moment or two, I'm not sure, not sure how long this went on for, but a few moments at least of porn porn pop-ups to appear on a computer in a in a classroom where she was sub- substitute teacher for the pop-ups just started and uh, she tried to close them they would not close they would continue to open up new pop-ups and it's a common frustration for a lot of internet users who don't know enough about the internet to have adware and spyware protections on their computers and now she's facing time in jail over it i can't understand why it seems to me the worst that should happen to this woman is that she should be fired from her job. But I don't even agree that that should be the case. It should be the school's responsibility to install spyware and adware protection on every single one of the computers in those classrooms. If they don't want kids to see pop-up ads, they need to get the protection software on there. Otherwise, they're at risk. The school, try, uh, apparently, and I'm switching to a different story about this from Associated Content with a little bit more information about an investigation into Amero's computer. Remember, the prosecution, the police, did not investigate her computer for spyware. However, apparently at some point, someone allowed a computer expert in there to take a look around. Arguing the computer was infested with spyware and malware was simply hearsay and couldn't possibly have any bearing on the case. Of the 42 discovered spyware and adware programs, 27 were accessed before October 19, 2004, which was the date of the alleged happening. Right. So 27 were there before she substituted in that class. An outdated antivirus program and no firewall were in use after the school failed to renew their IT contract. One of the sites visited by the students, new-hair-styles.com, had pornographic links. Pop-ups were then initiated by page two, uh, pagead2.googlesyndication.com, thus starting the loop. So the the computer guy that checked out her computer easily um, gleaned all of this information. It, and it seems very clear that she was not involved. You know, I, it, it seems like it from here, and that's what makes me wonder if we don't know all the facts. I mean, I, I don't know. What do you mean by that? Well, it just... Just, the facts are the government didn't investigate this case, understood, and but they a, a prosecuted jury, her based on the idea that she had pornographic pictures in her class, and the jury emotionally responded to that, saying, I don't want my kids in that class! Send her to jail! That's what happened, Mark. Well, it could very well be what happened, but it, it seems, uh, you know, you and I are sitting here talking about this case, and, and it, it, we're two reasonable folks. I would think that the jury would be reasonable, too. No! What, what, what makes you think that? You know, as well as I do, that when, you're, uh, when jury selection is happening, the voir dire process and jury selection, the government attorneys, the prosecutors, do their best to weed out any reasonable folks and instead put on a bunch of emotionally uh, crippled folks. Instead, put on people that don't want to be anywhere but, in, uh, but back at home, and they just want to leave so they'll find somebody guilty so they can get out of it sooner. The, the, the jury selection process results in the most idiotic fools being placed on juries. And that's a fact. I don't know if not the most idiotic fools. No. Well, you know what? That's what they shoot for. They want below average folks who are going to go along with what they uh, what they want. In fact, Herbert Horner, the owner of Contemporary Computer Consultants and a computer forensic examiner for the defense, again, this is the guy that checked out the computer, said all of the JPEGs we looked at in the Internet cache folders were of the five, six, and fifteen kilobyte sizes. Very small images indeed. 
Normally, when a person goes to a pornographic website, they're interested in the larger pictures of greater resolution, and those JPEGs would be at least 35 kilobytes and larger. We found no evidence of where this kind of surfing was exercised on October 19, 2004. Remember, the allegation from the prosecution in this case was that this woman's a porn freak, right. and that she couldn't stay away from her porn habit, and as a result of going to pornographic websites, she got a bunch of adware and spyware installed on the computer, and therefore the pop-up started happening. And Herbert Horner has poked holes in all of that. They yeah. found out that the adware was there, 27 of them were there before that particular day, and he looked through the cache files, and again, if she doesn't know much about computers, it, you don't have to know a lot about computers to go to websites, to go to porn sites. No. So if she's really surfing porn sites, she's going to have sample images that are of a fairly, fairly large size that she's going to be looking at. If she joins the porn site or is already a member of a porn site and accesses that site from the school computer, there are going to be very large pictures that are going to be coming up in the Internet cache folder, which, again, they checked out, they looked at the cache folder and found out there was nothing of the sort going on. After the guilty verdict, Horner stated, this was one of the most frustrating experiences of my career, knowing full well that the person is innocent and not being able to provide logical proof. 1-800-259-9231. By the way, she's already had to pay over $20,000 to defend herself in this case. Hmm. Let's go to the phones to the fun. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything. Let's talk to Jay in Pennsylvania on the amplifier line. Hello, Jay. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. Hey. What's on your mind? First of all, i got to say that this story is absolutely ridiculous. That that It just goes to show what a puritanical nation that, that we've become yep. to, to put somebody in jail for... Something so innocent. I mean, okay, not innocent in the type of imagery, but innocent in the fact that you know anybody can make a mistake, and it doesn't seem that they care whether or not she did it intentionally or in, unintentionally. Just the fact that she was there when it happens is enough. That yep, the fact that, that some some gonna, kids are going to blame her. Yep, some kids laid their eyeballs on a couple images of porn, and all of a sudden this woman needs to be spending years in jail as a result of that? That's well, I guess absurd. It's because these children are now going to all burn in hell because they've been corrupted, and, and you know, it's just ridiculous. Yep. Now, now, and obviously this didn't happen, and the, the gentleman, uh, the expert there, proved that, this didn't ha that what I'm going to say did not happen. But suppose she brought, rolled the computer out into the front of the class and... Uh, you know, clicked on some images and said, students, this is what a BJ looks like. Right. This is what tossing the salad looks like. You know, I mean, that she did all of these things. Um, In that case, I think she should lose her job, but that's it. Yeah, that's it. No, jail that's, time? That's it, you know? jail, jail time seems extreme even it's in that ridiculous. circumstance. I don't want to pay for it to be in jail. It, it, Heck no. Uh, How old are the students? Well, you know, it doesn't Middle matter. That, that we, yeah, that is a good question. How old are the kids? Middle school. I think it's seventh grade class, so 12, 11 years old. No, they've all seen it already, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would true. seem like they probably have. So, Jay, what they else is on? Worse than what she showed them. But anyway, hey, the reason I was calling was uh, I, I've been uh, listening to you guys for about a year and a half now um, via the the podcast, and I went out, bought an iPod, been listening to you, you know, every day on my way to and from work on my commute, and it's still not enough. I need to hear your show live, and okay. I want to make a plea to my local program directors on on local shows or local. Uh, uh, talk stations, but I want to know, maybe from your experience, what has worked well for you guys in trying to talk a local station into carrying your show if they're already carrying other nationally syndicated shows? Like, what what would I have in my court? You know, what what well, can you the, tell me? There are different factors. Now, how many talkers do you, how many talkers do you have? Um, how many talk stations do you have in your market? Uh, 
honestly, I don't know because I don't listen to talk radio except for you guys. There's a lot of listeners out there that are just like that. And that's one point that you can make to a program director um, in your market is that, look, I'm not a talk radio listener, but I do listen to this podcast, and these guys are on radio stations, and I think you should carry them, and I would like to listen to them on the radio. Um, So they can bring in... You know, new people, fresh, uh, you know, fresh listeners that they wouldn't get otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. When you're calling a oh, local I, station, hmm? I was just going to say, I'm I'm in the advertising business, and I'm I uh, am from the other side. I'm in an agency. Gotcha. And I deal with advertising, and I, I know more than probably the average person. Um, so I know one of the things that they're going to ask me is, well, what would be the reason that we would want to take off a nationally syndicated show that that is getting ratings and that we already have a track record with. And That's that an excellent question. Jay, I'll address it here in moments. Hang on, okay? Show. Excellent question. Hang on. 800-259-9231, the toll-free packet8.net phone line because it's true there are some shows out there that are doing very well in the ratings mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's a serious issue that needs to be addressed also helping you get free talk live on your local talk station so when you're driving about at nighttime or just sitting at home you can flip us on your radio and listen that way uh, we'll give you the details the skinny on that in moments this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring us anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by going over to vote for us at vote.freetalklive.com. Over the weekend, we had dropped to second place at the Podcast Alley Top 10 chart. And you know, second place is good and everything, but... We sure would like to be number one by the end of this month, and there's only, of course, uh, a couple more days left in this particular month, so we really need to get out the vote while we still can, because it is a monthly voting process. At the end of the month, the voting count resets to zero, and we have to start all over again. And this month has been a great month in that we've set a record of total votes cast, but we still need more because those Harry Potter guys continue to outperform us. So vote.freetalklive.com is where you go. It takes you less than a minute. All you need is your email address. And our Internet listeners are, of course, the best about voting because they're usually sitting there listening on the Internet. And so it's easy for them to just click on their web browser and go to vote.freetalklive.com. Really what we need to do is get our radio listeners to remember that you know, most radio people are probably in their cars listening to the show. You like the program. When you get home or you get to work and you're in front of a computer monitor, try to remember, vote. FreeTalkLive.com makes a big difference for us and helps spread the message of freedom and liberty. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Jay in Pennsylvania. Speaking of radio stations, Jay, you live in the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area, and you want to get Free Talk Live on your local station. And you're concerned, you you're concerned as to how the be- what the best way to go about doing that is. And uh, what I wanted to do is just go over a couple of suggestions for you. Um, and this is for everybody that's listening. Um, people who are, if you are listening on the radio and you already have a station in your local area, what you might want to do is consider calling the station and thanking them right. for airing Free Talk Live. If your local station airs, for instance, one night of the show, like the Saturday show, and doesn't air the weekday show, call them, thank them for the Saturday show, and ask them nicely to put the weekday show on. Um, so th- those are two of the things that our existing radio listeners can do. But for the rest of you that are listening via podcast or directly live on the Internet, and you don't have an option in your local area, what I would recommend that you do before anything else is going to localfaq, that's localfaq.freetalklive.com, 
and that's where you'll get a uh, fairly detailed analysis of calling your local radio stations. It'll give you instructions as to how to, for instance, on our um, bulletin board system, there are 50 subforums, all with, uh, you know, from Alabama all the way down to whatever the last state is, Wyoming. Wyoming. And uh, 50 different subforums in regards to each state. And what you can do is you can go in there and post where you live in the state, and then I'll get in there if it's not already there, there. There's a chance that someone's already posted your area. I'll get in there and respond with all of the contact information for your local stations. That way you don't have to do as much footwork. That way you don't have to look up the station's number, look and find out who the program director is. I, I will do it all for you. And then you just simply pick up the phone one morning or afternoon or whenever. Mornings tend to be best for program directors. You pick up the phone, call your local talk station, and really an important tip is be honest. As Mark said before, since you're an Internet listener, you don't listen to talk radio. You want to tell the program director that, you know, don't tell him that you already listen to your station cause then he, or his station. Then he might ask you some questions about his station and find out that you're lying to him. And so you don't want to play a game with the program directors. You want to be straightforward and honest with them. Yeah, I listen to this great show on my iPod and would love to listen to it live on your radio station. It is. It's Free Talk Live. Have you heard of it? Or, you know, um, and then give them, a we- give them our website or something like that. And just be honest with them about how you feel. If you are a listener to their talk radio station, go ahead and compliment them on something you like about the station. I mean, you must like something about it. You're a listener to it. Um, if you like it, compliment their station and then... Let loose with the critique because you were asking about well how is Free Talk Live going to possibly replace uh, is possibly going to replace an existing well-rated show and the fact is it might not which is why we have a Saturday show because weekdays are what tend to really get the ratings um, so for instance if they have the king of the nighttime world right now Michael Savage this anti-freedom bigot if they have him on the air that's very very unlikely that we're going to be able to slip in. Um, instead, yeah, very well, unlikely. It's, it's unlikely because he's a proven quantity. We are an unproven quantity. But we haven't been head to head against Savage in a market where no, we've yet. been rated. Um, we have been rated in a market where we were against um, Levine and uh, what was the other guys? Uh, we weren't really up against Levin. It was really just us versus Lars Larson. Lars Larson. And, uh, we, you know, beat we the pants off him. Yeah, we stomped him. We shut him out. Um, so we're starting. Hey, to, yes? I was going to say, they run uh, in the evening, and I don't. I, I just found out today because I turned their their uh, station on for the first time. Uh, the, the main station around here runs, I think, Hannity. Ooh, okay. That- a, a refeed then, because he's not live during uh, during our time slot. And so what you want to do is just be honest with them. And let them know that you want to hear Free Talk Live on their station. Normally, they'll probably just thank you. They might ask you a few questions about... I've had uh, some of our listeners get asked questions about how old they are and you know their demographic information, that sort of thing. Um, you might be asked why you like Free Talk Live, in which case, again, you just give them, tell them how you feel. Um, you might want to... If you're leaving a message, it depend, depending on the size of the market you're in, if you're in a smaller market, you might be able to pick up the phone, call your station, and have the program director answering the phones. Yeah. If you're in a larger market, it's very unlikely you'll ever be able to to speak with these people. So there's, it's going to depend. Again, mornings are best to call, but if you leave a message, leave a short message with, uh, with what you wanted to get across, very brief, do not uh, ramble, and leave your phone number twice, 
and your name. That way they can get back in touch with you should they be interested uh, in doing that. And again, the reason why we have the Saturday show is specifically because of the issue of getting on uh, during the weeknights. It's more difficult. It's just a fact. That's the reason why we have way more Saturday affiliates than we do weekday affiliates. It's just more difficult to replace a five-day-a-week show than it is to replace a Saturday night show. A lot of stations have absolute trash on their weekends. They're just trying to fill airtime, and they, they will be very pleased to know that there's a live option that they can give their listeners on Saturday night. So I hope that answers your questions. Did you have anything else, Jay? Yeah, it does. No, I, I appreciate all that. Um, as I said, it, you know, I, I, I'm really desperate to hear you guys live, and uh, I'm going to make some calls at a couple different stations around here. I looked up uh, on uh, Bacon's uh, media list, media service, uh, the different uh, – program directors here in the area. I don't know that I didn't know that you had them all on your site. So Yeah, I don't have them uh, all on the site, but what you do is you go to local uh you can go to local.freetalklive.com. Yeah, I'm, I'm there now. So right. and then I'm, you, I'm looking at that. There you go. I don't have them all there, but I will post them as people request them. It would take me forever to post them all, all at once. No, I understand. I understand. Jay, thank no, you for the call, it. man. Hey, and good luck. Yeah, one more yes, question, sure. Uh, is it more likely that uh, they would put you guys on in place of a pre-recorded show like what we've got here or Yes really and difference? no. Uh, yes and no. I mean, if the pre-recorded show is pulling ratings, then that's what's going to be the the most important thing to them. Um, so, and if it's Sean Hannity, chances are that he is. Unfortunately, he is the number two. Oh, most we're in an ultra conservative region here, and, right. and uh, you know. Yeah, it may just be more likely that we'll just get our foot in the door on a Saturday show. In which case, that's good enough for me, and it'll get something started in that. And being on the Saturday show allows new listeners to come across the show, and then they can get excited and call and say, hey, why don't you move Hannity to his live slot and put Free Talk Live on instead? So that's an option, too. Jay, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. And, of course, as time goes on, as we continue to be out here and be more visible in the radio industry, in, in less than two weeks, Mark, uh, we're going to be at another convention, this one not for Liberty people but for radio people, talk radio people, and we'll be schmoozing with the industry bigwigs yet again, showing ourselves, showing that we're serious about this business because a lot of people think that we're just going to disappear. Yeah, and, uh, and that's that's what their biggest concern is. It's a serious concern because they're lazy. I mean, it, and it's a, it's not a business of bricklayers or construction workers that actually have to work very hard in order to make a paycheck. Mm-hmm. They sit around the office and uh, you know they press buttons on computers. Is typically what they do. Maybe fill out a few budget forms, and so they but they don't want to do a lot of work. And so what they don't want to do is they don't want to add a new show to their lineup like Free Talk Live, a relatively untested show, even though we've been doing it for four years now, over four years. To add a relatively untested show, and then to have the and that, you know it takes a little bit of work to do that. They have to change their programming logs, set their satellite receivers to different uh, times, and then to have us drop off the air three months later. So then they have to go find another show and do all that work over again. Right. They don't it's, want it's to do fine that. with them if they make that decision themselves to uh, switch from one show to another. Yeah. But they really don't like it when the show you know goes away and they have to make and that decision's made for them. Right. And they're scared because that's happened enough times in this business. It happens a lot. They'll bring in, uh, for instance, the big syndicators, Premier Westwood One or somebody will bring in a new show. Like I know Dennis Miller is going to be starting next month. Mm. And uh, again, you know, you bring in a Hollywood celebrity like an Al Franken or a Jerry Springer, as they've tried to do, and they might go for a few months. Sometimes, I think Al, um, Al uh, Franken made it, made it a couple years, a year or two, but he's gone now. Jerry Springer's gone. Jerry Springer bailed out after about a year's time. You know, Dennis Some Miller, shows don't how, make it that long. How much money does Dennis Miller have? Because, um, you know, you, I, not that you know the answer to this, but it's a lot of work doing radio. 
it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and you got to be there every single night. Right. There's there's no getting out of it. And, and these guys probably it's just a guess, right? That the idle rich don't um do a lot of a lot of work, and they don't realize, man, you've got to be there every day doing yep. this. And thankless, you know, somewhat somewhat thankless job. So they they're you know they might. So the program directors are yeah. skeptical about new shows, and they sit back and they wait and they watch. But having you guys call in and request it creates a real tangible demand for these people. Like, they know they'll have new listeners if they make this move. So, we appreciate your help with that. Hour 2 is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 2, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there because they're completely free. That again, freetalklive.com. Another hour begins. We start the the, the hour with calls because the show is about your calls. Let's talk to John in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, John. Hi, how's it going? Great. Good. What's on your mind? Um, oh man, this is this is big time. Um, today, uh, a, a video, at least, uh, I it escalated for me. Um, I mean, I found a, a video uh, today about uh, World Trade Center Building Seven going down um, uh, during a BBC report. The, the 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 problem is the lady that reports it says it's going down there's smoke you can see smoke and uh and all this but the building is still standing in fact it goes down 23 minutes after uh she mentions it so as she's talking later on you see the building go down so the building is actually standing there while she says it has collapsed so there must have been some sort of um prior knowledge to, what are you talking about? Oh, wait, you're well, suggesting a news anchor would have known in advance that maybe uh, portions of it collapsed. I mean, that was what uh, they they had said on um, you know afterwards that portions of it collapsed, and, and or maybe she meant to say it looks like it might collapse because of all the smoke and uh, and the the chunks of the uh, building that have been torn out from it. I mean, it's it's a news. Essentially, what you're what you're dealing with is a very hot news day where there's a lot of information coming at you as a as a news anchor, as somebody who's putting together the news. There's a lot of information from a lot of different sources being thrown at you, and it's your job to sort through it as best you can. Sometimes while you're live on the air, sometimes I mean you're live and you've got people handing you sheets of paper with updates, and uh, they're they're putting new things on your teleprompter. It's it's a very harried experience, and it's certainly very possible that. Uh, she simply uh, slipped and, and and you know accidentally said she uh, said it was going it it had fallen when she meant that it looks like it may fall or that it's taken some damage and people think it might be falling um, anything really could happen I mean to, to suggest that a a news anchor for the BBC would have prior knowledge that uh, Building Seven was going to fall is absolutely right. absurd it's, sir it's a big it's a big conspiracy that you're talking about there I mean that would be everybody in the government everybody in the media would have known ahead of time yeah that's I a, can't that's believe ludicrous. one of those, pe- one of those people People wouldn't have leaked at this point. Not everybody. I don't think everybody will have need, needs to know. Only people in the right position. Why would Only a copywriter at the BBC need to know that information? 
you know, I, I don't know why. Well, come on now. Wait a minute. You're the conspiracy theorist. Let's put you in charge of the conspiracy. You have to have a, an answer that it's at least somewhat plausible if you're going to make outrageous accusations. Well, well, I'm not making an accusation. I'm looking at the video right now. The man that introduces her says, uh, but, you know, I don't know her name right now, mm -hmm. but he says, uh, she, uh, let's call her Nancy. He say Nancy is uh, right now in, in front of Building 7, which has collapsed. They call it the, Sol the, the Solomon Building, and uh, he says it, that, that Building 7 has collapsed. And she's right. over there uh, saying, right after he introduces her, she's like, yes, Building 7 has collapsed. You can mm -hmm. see the smoke and da-da-da, uh, it, it has completely collapsed. But the building is still there. The building is still there. And, in fact, 23 minutes later, then it goes down. How do you so, know uh, that they didn't just show a clip from earlier, 23 minutes later, of the building falling down? Well, she points to it. She points to uh, the, the building saying that uh, this is where it is, that uh, you can see the smoke, but it's not the building that she points at. So the building that, that Building 7 is actually to the right of her, and you could still see it standing. Now, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You're not? I, I, I'm not. You sound like one. I don't have a side. I don't have a side. I can actually argue both sides. I can actually argue with you about the Pentagon, that, uh, that uh, loose chain says that, uh, that it was hit by a, a plane, uh, by a missile, but, you know, how can a missile take down five light poles? Right. I can I, argue both sides with you. So okay, that's I'm good. I'm glad that you're not. I'm glad you're not an adherent to anything. Because what, a, what about the possibility that she had the the wrong name of a building and she was talking about one of the pr other two buildings? She may very well um, have. And you anything know, they, they had collapsed. I, you know, there's some mistakes could be made here. It seems it mistakes seems really, inevitably will be made during a, a live event like that. It seems really unlikely to me that even if. Building seven was, um, you know, demolished by uh, some, you know, secret cabal of, uh, you know, evil uh, international bankers <laughs> that they would have told the BBC about it In anyway. You know, that they would have yeah. gotten a, a, a news story. It seems like more like more likely that it's yeah. a mistake of some sort. Thank you for the call, though, John. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The toll free packet eight dot net line. I mean, if you're engaging in one of the biggest conspiracies that mankind has ever known. Uh, then why on earth would you want to bring more people under the umbrella if you don't have to? It's, really, that's uh, absurd. It, it doesn't seem. It, it doesn't make much sense. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Last hour we talked about a story about a lady who is facing forty years in prison for allowing uh, pop-ups to appear on her computer because she was in a, uh, I guess she was a t substitute teacher. Some pop-ups started appearing on the screen. Now she's facing jail time. I mean, it was a total accident on her part. She didn't know anything about computers. There was some other explanation, but apparently the jury didn't care. Well, I wanted to talk about a story about a real sicko, somebody who was caught red-handed, and they don't have anything to do with teaching kids. This one's from The Inquirer. A hacker's investigation of Superior Court Judge Ronald C. Klein's computer has finally resulted in him being sentenced to 27 months in federal prison for possession of child pornography. Now, in case you misunderstood that, the hacker has not been sentenced. The judge has. Klein's offered a lifetime of apologies and then fainted as he was sent down. Oh during the six years of court battles, Klein lost his job as a judge and was ordered to wear a tracking anklet placed on home uh, and placed on home confinement while his case was being decided in court. Klein will be registered as a sex offender for the rest of his life and will not be allowed to possess any computer equipment. 
and that he not access the Internet during his three years of probation. The case was all started when the Canadian hacker Brad Wilman broke into the judge's Irvine home computer and discovered sexually explicit images of young boys and a diary that revealed Klein's fantasies involving young boys. A subsequent police search of the judge's court computer uh, revealed more images in dodgy websites. Mm, Dodgy. So he he was looking at uh, child porn while he was on the bench. Can you imagine? Uh, That's pretty dumb. Yeah. You're sitting there in a courtroom being tried by this guy, and he's getting his jollies uh, while no, and nobody knows about it. So there's a there's a real story of somebody who really was looking at uh, at pornography on his computer, and it was easily provable that he was. Well, um, criminal, you know, be- people committing crimes like to, uh, you know, just sort of rub it in people's faces. Um, you know, they, they want to get away with it. They want to show their superiority, I guess, is, is what they want to do. What do you mean? Well, you know, he was looking at the uh, the images while they're, you know... In, uh-huh, in, can't catch me, yeah, that sort that of thing. thing. Yeah, I'm a judge. <laughs> and not that I necessarily think he should be spending time in prison for this. It's just that I find it wonderfully ironic that it happens to be a judge. You know, one of these people that is held up on a... You know, put up on a pedestal, literally... Judges sit up higher than anyone else in the courtroom. Yes, yes, they do. Someone who puts himself up on a pedestal, someone who others look up to, someone who others think are uh, really important because they wear black robes. And you know what? It turns out they're just people, too, with the same weaknesses that a lot of other regular people have. And I really enjoy it when things like this happen because it, it serves as a reminder to everybody that the people who are in positions of power... In government, whether they be judges, whether they be bureaucrats, whether they be police, whether they be elected officials, these are just people. They are not your leaders. They are not people to be respected. They're not people to be worshipped. They've got problems, too. This guy had a problem with child porn. Some of them have problems at home with beating their kids. Some of them have problems with beating their wives and their husbands. Some of them have Some other Some of them problems. are doing drugs and sentencing people for doing those same drugs. We've, said, we've had stories like that in the past. Some mm-hmm. of them are corrupt. Some of them are just despicable. Some of them are violent. These are not people to be respected. They're just people. And people should be earning respect. If you're going to give someone respect... They should earn that respect. And to me, a bureaucrat doesn't deserve respect because he or she's making a living off of stolen money. Tax dollars. That's pathetic. 800-259-9231. Just another uh, friendly reminder there for you from your friends here at Free Talk Live. The Packet 8.net toll-free line open for you. 800-259-9231. Coming up, the United States is one of a few countries to refuse to disarm. We'll explain on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet, 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. All of the features on the site are totally free, and that does include the bulletin board system. We are fast approaching 200,000 posts there. Over 1,400 people are interacting, and it's a lot of fun and totally free. So head over to bbs.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about and get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones, ladies first. Cassandra in Orlando. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Cassandra. Hi, you guys. Hey. I, um, first of all, had a question about the caller 
really quick. Uh, okay. Who had called in about that 9-11 thing with the BBC. Yeah. Was he watching that video over the Internet? Uh, it sounded like he was, yes. Okay, well, um, I've had a couple instances myself, even on the official BBC website where people hacked in and edited stories and, you know, photoshopped a few things. And it sounds to me like it'd be really easy to edit in a standing building when there was actually one that was smoking. You know what I mean? Just, you know, play the video a little bit later while she's talking. Yeah, that's possible. It certainly is. I mean, video can be can be edited. No doubt about it. It seems like if somebody wanted to play a joke, um, some of the people that they might want to play a joke on are people that believe that in the 9-11 conspiracy. You know, I mean, if, if they think people like to make fun of uh, rubes, um, as it were, if they consider the people to believe in the 9-11 conspiracy to be uh, dopes, then they would very much want to, uh, you know, screw with them. I remember uh, in high school coming across an article in the BBC that was later retracted as a hack, and it was actually about zombie dogs over in uh, Uganda or something. <laughs> wow, interesting. I didn't realize that people were actually hacking their website. I don't know if he's – it didn't sound to me like he was pulling the video off of the BBC, but the video allegedly came from the BBC, which means if it was posted on another website, it could have come from anywhere. So, Cassandra, what else did you have on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to uh, tell you guys about a story I had read. It um, t- took place in Cocoa Beach, Florida, um, which is right east of Orlando-ish. That's where the Space Center is. Yeah. And uh, basically, a whole bunch of cops got their house graffitied mm. um, with threats. Um, really? Stuff, yeah. Stuff that says, like, kill all cops, 2007. And, you know, we're going to get you, we hate you. Um, then there are, like, specific names and uh, patrol car numbers. Wow. Wow. And apparently there was a recurrent message that just says, all cops will cry 2007. Hmm. Um, I'm looking at a picture of it. It has a little frowny face. It's actually kind of sad for graffiti. But, uh, you know, they, were, they affected multiple homes. And um, just, you know, they're a little upset about it because they feel like it is some sort of pronunciation of war. Oh, anyway, well, like the, a war on, like a war on the cops. Yes. That doesn't sound and, like a war that most, uh, you know, a, a group of kids is going to win. Well, the thing is, is that Cocoa Beach's economy, from what I've seen, is it's you know pretty small. It hasn't developed that well yet. Kind of town where there's a movie theater and a beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so consequentially, there's a lot of kids there who end up doing um, drugs and getting into that scene. I'm sure you guys saw that demonstrate a little bit in Sarasota. Okay. So, anyway, it seems to me like it's kind of a drug-based economy. There's a lot of crack, I hear. And mm. uh, any, I would think that this is probably a response to um, the drug war. You know, it may very well be, uh, and this is something that the cops are going to maybe increasingly see themselves dealing with, is people who are very, very angry and upset that they're out there enforcing this war on drugs, that they're out there arresting people for doing nothing more than selling a product to people who are demanding that product. And I could understand that uh, people, regular folks, are getting upset. Those who are doing the, the dealing are getting very upset about the cops coming in and um, busting up their, their operations. And so, you know, not that I, I condone violence, I don't, but I can understand why this is happening. If we would just end the war on drugs, then I doubt there's going to be a serial murder who's, uh, murderer who's going to goad the cops like that. I mean, really, this seems like a gang thing. This is, this is definitely yeah. a gang thing, and uh, gangs are funded by prohibitions. Gangs can't exist unless the law is out there prohibiting products and services. So if we just simply end the war on drugs, all of this scariness for the police could go away. 
But instead, all this is going to do is galvanize the police against them. It's going to uh, make the police go out and buy more equipment and buy more guns and buy more armor and make them well, even more the military-like. Thing. That's the thing. If these people really are going to fight them, and if, if like you said, if for some reason people started standing up against the cops, which I really don't see happening, um, it's just the consequences of that are more scary, you know. Um, it, there would just be a lot of bloodshed. Right. And, and it's, it's likely it's that a lot of kids could get caught up um, for something they didn't do, too. But, yeah, the police are violent animals. If you get violent with them, they're just going to respond with more violence. In fact, now here's a conspiracy uh, theory on this one. It, is it possible that the police did this themselves? Um, I, I don't know. You know, there, there's actually quotes here from uh, police that they interviewed about it. Mm-hmm. And what they all said actually was, um, we, we're out there protecting you every day, and this is the repayment we get. And then also they all hinted towards, um, why didn't anyone call the cops during this? Because we were out there protecting you. And, and one of them actually says, shame on you twice. Right. The, the citizens themselves are to blame for this. It really, it can turn, you know, it, it's a shame, but it seems like it can turn into an us versus them, cops versus quote-unquote citizenry. Wait, so the cops well, are mad at... Well, in Cocoa Beach right now. Wait a minute, I don't understand that one quote. Are you saying the cops are mad at their neighbors for not seeing something and calling, and calling the cops? Yes, that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. You know, I, know, I thought that was kind of... Uh... If you said that graffiti is kind of on the lame side, that's why I thought it was the cops. Because... Uh, well, it... just the graffiti looks like uh, a six-year-old did it. I mean, it's like someone who never really uh, handled a spray paint before, and yeah. obviously there's no style to it. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe one cop or two cops went out and tagged some other cops' houses. Oh, come on. That way they could get an, you know, an increase in their budget for next year. Maybe they need an anti-gang budget or something like that. It's a realistic possibility. Seems I'm unlikely. Not, I'm not saying there's any more evidence for it besides the fact that they don't know how to handle the spray can. Thanks for the call. We really appreciate hearing from you, Cassandra. And send us a picture for the Shrine of Female listeners if you get a chance. We'd really appreciate that as well. 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line. Let's go to Eric in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Eric. How are you doing? Great. Hey, what's up? Well, I was just kind of curious on the Building 7 thing. I've been kind of following this on websites, trying to find some realism in it all. And what keeps bleeding through these stories over and over again is that major scholars are being ignored. And the canned response just keeps getting more canned. Okay, what do you mean? Why did Building 7 come down? I was in demolition before. I, that looked rigged to me. Okay, so uh, if that's the case, if it was rigged, then how did they get in there and rig it? Well, who were the occupants, I guess, is the main thing. I don't know. There are a variety of businesses, I believe, uh, and government agencies in, uh, in that building. There you go. <laughs> well, that doesn't say anything, sir. It does. It says who had access and who has the secretiveness to pull it off. So it's it's something. So lacing a building with explosives to take it down is something that can easily be concealed and uh, and not revealed at all for several weeks. Is that what you're saying, or did they do it the night before? Well, who has access to the building? I guess is the main question. Who has the most access and the easiest control of the security? How long does it take to to lace a building with explosives for destruction purposes? I've worked in demolition on small structures, let's say from paper mills and such, and it's a couple-day job to do just a small structure. All right, 800-259-9231. Hang on. I didn't give you much time. I'll give you a little bit more on the way. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. I'll tell you why. I don't care uh, what happened to Building 7. But I'll also respond with uh, the uh, essentially 911 myths version of this that essentially uh, debunks the conspiracy theorists on this one. It's Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, which I mentioned last segment. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. It's dozens and dozens of ladies from around the world who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. See what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. And do you have a child in your life, be they son, daughter, or sibling? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. So give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com, 800-657-5066. And finally, Mark, you did finally get me the review copy that mm-hmm. I requested. And uh, it really is a nice book. It is a good book. I would definitely recommend it for people with uh, with children. It's very colorful, very pretty. Um, very easy to read, and really does get across simple concepts about investments and uh, and uh, financial uh, statements it, and savings. It's really an incredible book. I don't want to give too much else away about it because it's. Uh, I, I was impressed. Uh, it gets my recommendation too. A kidsjourney dot com. All right, so we're back with the conspiracy theorists who uh, again insi- apparently uh, apparently just haven't learned. <laughs> from listening to this show, or maybe they just always maybe the maybe the ones that call are always new listeners, and they haven't heard us address these before. Because I don't understand why they continue to call in. Are, are you know Eric in uh, in Montana listening on KGEZ? Are you trying to recruit us to your little gang? Is that oh, what no. you're trying to no, do? No, 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 no. I've seen a lot of uh, crud out there on the North and South Tower. A lot of weird conspiracy theories. I've seen a lot of stuff that just doesn't add up. Building I... seven looked like it was demolished, and it was washed under the carpet by mainstream media, and I am just asking the question, why? Right. Now, you're claiming that... Hold um, hold on a second. Do you think that uh, then um, Buildings 1 and 2 were demolished? It's not my position to speculate on Buildings 1 or 2. I'm telling you... Aren't you speculating here? Well, you would would have to be, at the very least, speculating that the whole thing was planned if you're saying that uh, Building 7 was demolished, Right. I mean, that leads... I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the major media and journalism out there aren't doing their job because they're not giving us all the facts on these things. Well, if I was a conspiracy theorist, I'd be getting angry at you accusing me of things, and I'm not. I'm just simply saying it doesn't make sense right now. If it was demolished, it would have had to have all been planned because they would have had to put the charges there ahead of time. They couldn't have done it. You know, the, the planes hit, and they thought, it would be a great idea to demolish Building 7. Quick, get some charges on there. Yeah, yeah That would have never happened, right? Make sense the way it appears. It right. just doesn't look right. Gotcha. Okay, well, just to just to send you to a couple different places you might want to take a look at, you might want to go to loosechangeguide.com, you might want to go to 911myths.com, where they very effectively rebut the claims that uh, that Building 7 was uh, was demolished. But even if it wasn't... Is that like, N- is that like NIST, N-I-S-T? No, no, 911myths.com. No, what I'm saying, N-I-S-T, National Institute of Standards Technology, their response was so canned and vague. I, that's what really got me curious. Yeah, these are websites. Why. These are websites that were just created by individuals who are sick and tired of hearing the claims repeated over and over again that Building Seven was demolished. Um, essentially, what is, what you're dealing with is you're dealing with people who make documentaries uh, that are interested in selling videotapes. 
and they will, of course, support their own theories by excluding evidence that uh, that disrupts their theory. So with the Building 7 one, uh, they'll show you a video clip of the building falling where it looks like it's not been t- it hasn't taken much damage. Well, that's because they didn't show you the video footage from the other side of the building where it had taken all the damage. There's just things like that that they just conveniently leave out. And it's really just, it's kind of manipulative, and it's, it's, really, it's really sad. So I recommend those websites. But also, I just want to talk about why it is that I don't care. I mean, even if, it's, even if it turns out to be absolutely 100% true that, uh, that Building 7 or 1 and 2 or, or the whole thing was somehow planned and executed by the same government that can't deliver the mail on time, which, of course, seems really absurd to me. But even if it turns out that that's all true, I don't care. It doesn't mean that I'm going to all of a sudden become a, uh, a convert and start talking about 9-11 20, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or at least three hours a night on my radio show like some shows seem like they have to. Even if it all turns out to be true, I'm not going to change what I'm doing. And what I'm doing is talking out against government in general. It doesn't matter to me who's in charge. It doesn't matter if they're meeting in secret black cloak meetings. What matters is government is way too big, way too intrusive, and way too oppressive, and it needs to be stopped for those reasons, not because they've done bad things. They've done plenty of bad things over over decades, and it's not just this one event that I'm going to focus on. Does that make sense? Well, if you'll, if you'll include major mainstream media in your quest, then you're doing the right thing. What do you mean? Uh, the mainstream media follows the administration like clockwork. They do seem to. They 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 seem to that take really whatever press releases are given and they just uh, reprint them. They're definitely. I agree right. with you completely on that. When the mainstream media is essentially the lapdog of the government, uh, journalism has become a lazy. Uh, it, it's not even a chore anymore for people. It's just grab the uh, the press releases, uh, change the title on the the heading, and uh, and put it on your put it in your newspaper. And so that's what we're what we're doing is uh, we're taking over mainstream media outlets by getting on as many radio stations as we possibly can. And talking out against this uh, this terrible government that we have. Thank you for the call, Eric. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Mac in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mac. You're on Free Talk Live. Mac in Montana, going once. Mac in Montana, listening on KGEZ, going twice. We have no Mac. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet8.net toll-free line for you. So once again, the issue is not who did what on 9-11. The issue is government's too big. And 9-11 gave the government an excuse to get even bigger. Right, no matter who perpetrated it. Exactly. And uh, again, we could go in and out on all of the nuances of this, uh, of 9-11, as to why it doesn't matter and or, or who could have been behind it, whatever. I don't know who was behind it. And I'm, I refuse to, I don't know if it was who they say it was, the government, because I don't believe a word the government tells me. And I certainly don't believe somebody who wants to sell a videotape. I don't believe anybody. And it doesn't matter to me what the answer is. I'm with you. You know, it's obvious they found, uh, they, they found some of the, supposedly found some of the hijackers in Germany. Is that right? Uh, one no, of them... well, they, they, that just turned out to be something about them. Uh, I guess the, the rebuttal to that mm-hmm. is that there are a lot of guys with the name Muhammad or whatever, yeah. so they just found some guy with the same name over there. You know, it, so again, all it's, I can all, say, it's all questionable. I feel like you do. It just doesn't matter to me. And, and I really feel like, I, I, I think that some of these conspiracy theorists 
feel like they can convert Free Talk Live. I think, you know, you know what's going on here, Mark, is we're on a network, the Genesis Communications Network, and I, I, I really appreciate GCN and what they do. They've got mm-hmm. Free Talk Live on the air. They know we're their breakout show. We're their fastest growing show. We're the show with the 50,000 watt uh, affiliate on, on the weekend. I mean, we're their big show, essentially, at this point. But a lot of the other shows on their network are of the kind of crackpot conspiracy genre. And so, therefore, when we're doing our show, there are a number of people that are big fans of those other shows, and they've been sort of inculcated by Alex Jones and Jack Blood and these other guys that are on the network. They've it been seems sort to of be working for Alex Jones, by the way. I mean, he's, it, he's got some affiliates. He's got some. Okay. Um, anyway, so they've been sort of inculcated by these other shows, and then when they come across Free Talk, Talk Live, and these other shows are doing nonstop 9-11 coverage seven days a week. I, I know, they don't always do it, but most of the, I, sw- I swear they talk about this stuff most of the time. And so they get a, I guess they get irritated that Free Talk Live isn't doing the exact same sort of content. Maybe they think that the network needs to have the exact same show just with different show hosts 24 hours a day. And so they call in here to try their best to convert Free Talk Live over to their, uh, over to their mantra so that we can be just like those other shows. And I just like what to, to let you all know that would like to do that to convert us. That's not going to happen. Doesn't seem likely. Even if, even if tonight I see some incontrovertible evidence that proves to me that uh, it, was, it was actually the government that was behind it, I'm not going to change this show. And, uh, and I doubt I'm going to see that evidence because I'm tired of looking at the evidence right. because it's useless to me. It doesn't mean anything. Right. It has I'm no relevance forward, to what we're doing. Back. Yeah, it has no relevance to what we're doing here. And what we're doing is we're doing a pro-freedom radio show that allows anybody to call in about anything. We haven't screened any of these calls out as much as I might like to because I'm tired of them. Right. But we allow anybody to call in about anything. We talk about liberty and freedom. We convert people over to liberty and freedom. We get them to join the movement, hopefully get them to join the Free State Project, to come here and actually make a stand against the government instead of sitting around watching conspiracy videos. Get a life. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show. Coming up, the United States refuses to disarm. We'll explain. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You want to help support the show? Maybe you like the fact that we give away all the features on our website for free. Then we ask you to go and buy some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. There are all kinds of neat products there. In fact, we saw a number of our listeners wearing very proudly their Free Talk Live garb over the weekend, which is a awesome. lot of listeners. Uh, I saw a few. I saw a few bowling shirts. I saw a few T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I saw any hats. I did. I saw the uh, the 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 toque, the beanie, the beanie. And uh, I guess it's because we were inside at the hotel, and mm-hmm. it's kind of silly to wear hats around. Uh, when it's a little bit warm. Mm-hmm. But uh, nonetheless, we've got Free Talk Live shirts, we've got hats, we've got the DVD Classic Archive Collections bumper stickers, which are free, by the way. Also, the Free Marketeer flag. Go check, uh, take a look at our selection at store.freetalklive.com. And when you're done shopping there, head over to buy the rest of the stuff that you need in life at amazon.freetalklive.com because when you shop through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase from 35 categories of products, everything from furniture to DVDs, office products to accessories, clothing, baby stuff, and more. It's all there. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom 
and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. All right, so I mentioned that uh, the United States is refusing to disarm, and I didn't mean entirely. I just meant on one particular issue. According to the Associated Press, 46 countries agreed Friday to push for a global treaty banning cluster bombs, a move activists will hope will force the superpowers that oppose the effort, the U.S., China, and Russia. Is Russia still considered a superpower? Well, probably, um, you know, they sit in the void. To abandon the weapons. Organizers said the declaration was was needed despite the absence of key nations at a conference in the Norwegian capital to avoid a potential humanitarian disaster posed by unexploded cluster munitions. See, cluster bomblets are packed by the hundreds into artillery uh, shells, Mm -hmm. bombs or missiles, which then scatter them over vast areas, with some failing to explode immediately. The unexploded bomblets can then lie dormant for years after conflicts end until they're disturbed, often by, as you might guess, children who are attracted to their small size and bright colors. Hmm. Of the 49 countries attending the Oslo conference, only three, Japan, Poland, and Romania, rejected the declaration calling for a treaty by next year. Some key arms makers, including the U.S., Russia, Israel, and China, snubbed the conference. But even deeply skeptical nations like Canada, Britain, and Germany were swayed to join the Norwegian-led initiative in what activists hailed as a major step forward. Jody Williams, an American who shared the 1997 Nobel Peace Prize for a global campaign to ban landmines, urged nations supporting a cluster bomb treaty to move ahead without the major powers. She told the Associated Press they should do, uh, they should do it the same way, with countries that realize there are 191 countries in the world and not just three. Last summer's Israel-Hezbollah war helped bring cluster munitions to the forefront of the international agenda. The U.N. estimated that Israel dropped as many as 4 million bomblets in southern Lebanon during the conflict, with as many as 40% failing to explode on impact. 40%? Yeah, 40% of 4 million bomblets. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of them. That's uh, well over a million bomblets sitting around waiting for some kid to pick it up. It's a lot of, it's a lot of them, and when you think about, uh, you know... Perhaps a goat might find them or something like that. Certainly not all of them are going to be found by children, but some of them will. Mark Rejev, a spokesman for Israel's foreign ministry, said Israel's didn't use any munitions that were outlawed by international treaties or law. He said if the cluster bombs declaration evolves into a treaty, Israel would examine it and decide how to respond. Countries opposed to the Oslo conference say cluster bombs are being discussed under the U.N. Convention and conventional Unconventional Weapons. In Washington, State Department spokesbureaucrat said the convention has produced a treaty the U.S. has signed and forwarded to the Senate for ratification. He didn't provide details on what the treaty says about cluster bombs, saying that we've taken very seriously the international discussion with respect to the threat posed by unexploded, uh, unexploded ordnance to innocent civilians. Not that I support war or anything like that. I, I don't. I support defense. Um, so, I mean, I would rather them not be dropping any bombs on anybody, but if you, I mean, if a bomb's going to be dropped, it's, we, sh- I mean, certainly should be um, safer as far as down the line for decades uh, rather than uh, what we have today, which apparently is fairly unsafe. I don't think I would, uh, you know, if, if I were king of the United States, I don't think that I would uh, sign any treaties that's, you know, outlawed any particular, um, you know, made it so I couldn't use any particular weapons. I would just bring all of the uh, military members back to the United States and keep them here on our soil instead of the 130 nations that they're in sure. out of those 191 that they mentioned. That I would do as well, but I don't think that we would necessarily want to use cluster bombs on our own country. I don't think I would either. I just don't think I'd, I, I, I don't believe in treaties and I wouldn't sign these. Yeah, I, I agree with I, that. I wouldn't sign any of them. 
That's a good point, but that's not why the U.S. is avoiding it. The no, US it's not. Is, the U.S. has certainly at this point gotten into plenty of treaties, and this is just yet another one. Right. Uh, the U.S. is, uh, I don't know, it sounds like they're hemming and hawing a little bit at this. I'm not sure what they're, uh, what the excuse for not getting, uh, at least not coming out. Even if they aren't going to sign the treaty, they could still come out and say, you know what, you're right about this, is a bad idea. What were we thinking? We're, get, we're killing kids and goats. I mean, what are we thinking? <laughs> they could have come out and said something, but no, instead they're sort of beating around the bush. We don't know why it is that the uh, the United States isn't uh, isn't coming out, I guess, uh, more firmly against something like this. this no, they probably terrible. just feel this uh, group is just not worth their time, I would assume. Maybe. Maybe they feel like they're trying to be uh, coerced or, uh, or arm-twisted or something like that. I don't know. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up here, in fact, Mark, I think we've got enough time for a story that you brought in tonight about uh, some faux fur, or not so faux fur. What happened? From the AP, uh, fur trimmed on your jacket, do you think that that fur trim on your jacket is fake? Well, tell it to Fido. An animal advocacy group says its investigation has turned up coats, some with designer labels, some with higher-end retailers, with fur from man's best friend. Some retailers were set scrambling to pull the coats from the, the shelves, then take, off, take them off websites and even offer refunds to customers. The Humane Society of the United States said it purchased coats made from, rep, um, from reputable outlets, such as an Upscale Nordstrom with designer labels, um, Andrew Mark, Tommy Hilfiger, for example, and found them trimmed with fur from domestic dogs, even though the wow. fur was advertised as fake. Wow, is it really cheaper to actually put real dog hair on something than it is to, to create fake stuff? Uh, I I don't know the answer. Maybe they, um, you know, some other organization, you know, maybe maybe they buy it from some other company, slap their label on it, and they don't know what they've got. Yeah, but you would think, though, I mean, you would think that the faux stuff would be cheaper. I, you would think as far as... think, but then again, when you, when, you, when you think about dead dogs, there's a plethora of them out there, and we don't really, especially in the United States, we don't do anything with them. Yeah. Um, it would You would think that it, basically their skin is free. True, but you still have to pay somebody to slice it off of them and somehow separate the fur from the uh, from the skin. I mean, that's got to be a process. Not I don't know. I guess I don't know process. much about slaughtering animals, uh, but it seems skinning like them. skinning. I mean, well, okay, whatever. You're skinning animals. You're. Uh, I mean, we're already killing dogs. We well, the uh, the people that you know in the United States we kill dogs. This isn't coming from the U.S. Aren't these manufacturers overseas? It's there are there aren't very making, many clothes uh, clothes that are made in the United States. Making an assumption, I don't know. In China, perhaps they don't. You know, they, they, I know they eat dogs in uh, Southeast Asia. Um, maybe they're using the skin there. I don't know. I mean, I don't know right. a lot about dogs in Southeast Asia, but I do know. And but I would can imagine that their fur isn't that. Um, if it's a short-haired dog, it's not that valuable. I'm mm-hmm. thinking that the fur we're talking about here is, you know, fur from, long. like a husky type yeah. uh, dog. So, I don't know. I'm just imagining lots of dog skin gets wasted in the mm-hmm. world, so it's free um, as a, a raw resource. I don't know. My question is, what's wrong with it? I mean, if you're slaughtering the dogs it's, anyway... Well, what's wrong with it is uh, telling people that it's faux fur. That's true. They, okay, it sounds like they didn't know. And who's going to think to check? I mean, if you're, a, if you're a buyer for a company and somebody comes to you and says, hey, I've got these fur coats or whatever they are. Were they coats? I missed that part. Were they yeah, it's coat. I've got these fur coats we want to sell you. We'll sell you X amount of bulk packages, uh, X amount of pallets for X amount of dollars. And, uh, I mean, who's going to think to run a test to find out if they're telling the truth as to whether or not it's faux? I'm surprised that anyone thought to run a test at all. Well, it says the the investigation began after the society got a tip from a customer who bought a coat with uh, trimmed as uh, faux, but it felt real. 
uh, Limpert and her team began buying coats from popular retailers and then had the coats tested by mass spectrometry, mm-hmm. whatever. These, uh, measures the, the, which measures the mass and sequence of proteins to determine what species of animal the fur came from. Hmm. 25 of the coats tested, 24 were mislabeled or, um, of the 25 coats tested, 24 were mislabeled or misadvertised. Um, Wow, that's I mean that's pretty shocking. Yeah, uh, that's pretty shocking for somebody who is really concerned over this sort of thing. But again, I ask if you're concerned about this, why? I mean, if the dogs are being killed anyway, shouldn't we be using um, as much of their carcass as possible so as to not waste it? I mean, isn't it sort of uh, you know? Don't we want to prevent that from going into the landfills? Don't you want to help save the earth and make real dog fur coats? Besides, the dog fur feels probably feels better than the faux stuff. It's just Americans have this thing about dogs. Yeah, apparently they do. But again, I say if they're being slaughtered and it's it's happening somewhere else and you don't have to see it, uh, I mean the dogs are going to go starving if they aren't killed. Do you want a starving dog or do you want a nice fur coat? Your choice. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour three's on the way. Free talk live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. That is, once again, freetalklive.com. So, as always, lots of interesting things to talk about, but of course, your calls are primary. If you make them, we'll put you on the air, and you can talk about absolutely Anything. All right. So first things first. This hour, let's go to babies. Let's talk about babies. <laughs> everybody, everybody loves babies. Yeah, everybody wants to have babies. Well, as it turns out, there might be a biological clock on men as well. I've heard this. Did have you? Yeah, something like this. Yeah. Well, you know, as you know, there's a certain point at which uh, it becomes very difficult, if not impossible, for women to bear children, mm-hmm. and uh, common. I guess the common thought was that men can go ahead and, and father children as long as they live. And as it turns out, that is generally true, but whether or not they should or not is another case. According to InsideBayArea.com, media titan Rupert Murdoch had a daughter when he was 72. Actor Tony Randall became a dad for the first time at 77. When the wow. average life expectancy of the American male was a few months shy of 78, Nobel Prize winning writer Saul Bellow fathered a kid at 84. Long after a woman's biological clock stops ticking, most men can still father children. Yet many men say it's not just women who worry that they're too old to have kids. The physiology might allow for septuagenarians to bounce their beloved bundles on their arthritic knees, but the psychology suggests that there's an age to stop bringing another baby on board. Men having children past 40 is generally not a good idea, says Chris Mason, uh, 46 of Danville, the father of three daughters by the time he was in his 30s. Mason says he wouldn't consider having a fourth child, even if something were to happen to his wife. says when your kids are young, you want to be out on the soccer field running, actually practicing with them, said Mason, the co-owner of a firm that outsources sales. But you get to a point where you can't keep up with the younger kids. 
And if you're going to have a kid when you're 77, it's just not going to be possible. <laughs> nope, it's not. While the jury's still out on many details of the male biological clock, there's no consensus on the cutoff age for men to have kids, says Dr. Paul Turek, the director of the Male Reprodu- uh, Reproductive Health Center in San Francisco. He says it's a fuzzy one. There's some evidence that as men age, their semen quality may decline slowly. That but, makes some sense. But only at 1% a year after the age of 40. So it's really hard to draw a line at one particular age. So even though it's physically possible to father children, our children being short uh, at, a, at an old age, our children being shortchanged by a dad bent on having kids so late in life. After 45 to 50, it's getting a bit late, says an aviation and business student uh, who's 19 years old, not yet a father. He says any older and the kids could be 10 or 20 when the father dies. Ron Jirasi uh, from the Bachelor Chronicles, a book he wrote, says a responsible father should stop to consider the impact of a substantial age difference. The writer, whose father had him at 56, explained that his dad's deteriorating health often prevented him from playing a more active role in parenting. His father died in 1997 when he was 27. Jirasi says it's too late to have a kid when you can't guarantee you're going to be in the game as a father when that kid is even 18 years old. For many men looking to father children beyond their 40s, having kids is often less a biological question and more of an individual, very subjective choice. I mean, they mentioned some people, Tony Randall having a kid at 77. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, the average death age of death is, is 78. I mean, there's a chance you could croak two weeks later after that. Um, you know, the, all the people that they mentioned were, you know, rather wealthy individuals, and, you know, they, they weren't concerned about that. And the reason that they were... Uh, um, even able to do such a thing as they had wives that were significantly younger than they. I see. And, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, depriving a child of uh, of having a father seems to be a silly thing to do. I agree, but this is an issue that doesn't touch, um, you know, the, the heartland of America. Most, you know, most 70-year-old men are not married to 30-year-old women. Well, that's true. You know, most people meet somebody within their age bracket, you know, 10 years, give or take, and, uh, you know, they go through their biological stuff together in life. For many men looking to father children beyond their 40s, having kids is often less a biological question, more of a subjective choice. But just because a man can procreate in the winter of his years doesn't mean it's a good idea. No, I wouldn't say it would be. Uh, one man suggested that uh, men have their children by age 40, which means that, Mark, your time's kind of running out here, isn't it? 36? Why don't you go to hell? You want to watch your kids grow up, says uh, Mr. Favela, the general manager at uh, cinemas in San Jose. You want to help them figure out their lives. You can't really do that if you're an incontinent old 80-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes genetics, a healthy lifestyle, or a simple... I mean, yeah, when you're trying to teach your kid how to pee into the toilet and mm-hmm. you're having trouble, Yeah. that's not a that's not a good example. Try, so both of, one of you is coming out of diapers and one of them's going in. Yeah. Sometimes genetics, a healthy lifestyle, or simple luck can allow older men to overlook their chronological age when they uh, decide to become dads. Men such as Gregory, a Monterey Bay antique dealer who fathered twin daughters when he was 60. Mm. Gregory, who asked that his real name not be used, already had children from his first marriage when he remained a woman. Uh, when he remarried a woman, 24 years his junior. His kids from his first marriage are already in their 20s. Gregory had a vasectomy and didn't plan to have additional children. But with his, uh, but his new wife, eager to start a family with him, changed his mind. Hmm. Men should have children no later than when they're 40-ish, because you want to be at an age where you can enjoy things with your kids, he said of his twins, who are now six. But I had kids when I was 60 because I'm a highly energetic, motivated, and talented young guy. And, you know, the wife wanted them really badly, so, you know, what's he So care? he He's reversed his lot. vasectomy. He's got a lot of money. 
Dr. David Nadell, a urologist, says that while men are capable of fathering children through their 50s, their sperm does become less effective at fertilizing an egg as they age. Nadell says women take fertility on their shoulders in this society and can feel inadequate if they don't get pregnant, but they hide it. I've had grown men just absolutely lose it in my office. He says that, oh, says, he says men have the same desires to have kids, but they hide it. Regardless of how a man, a man feels about his virility, a prospective dad should stop to consider how his advanced age will affect the life of the child, says experts. Ultimately, having a baby in life's late innings is a very subjective matter that can depend on such factors as health, financial well-being, and the wife. But many dads bent on having kids aren't always weighing what's best for their children. They're selfish, he says. You have to think about whether you want to be a sperm donor or whether you want to be a father. Right. I think that that's that's what's going on here. Um, you know, when you're talking about a guy in his 70s who's very wealthy, um, knocking up his 30-year-old wife, mm-hmm. um, that guy in all likelihood has millions of dollars, and that kid's going to be well taken care of, even if the kid doesn't have a dad. And I'm not saying that this is a good situation. But right. The kid, the kid isn't going to want for things, um, you know, from a, a survival standpoint. I see where you're coming from, and it's certainly possible. I'm not I'm not trying to uh, detract. Uh, single parenting at all. I mean, it's certainly possible for a single parent to effectively raise a child, uh, and especially a single parent with a lot of money at, uh, at, her, at her disposal. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it just seems to be the, uh, the right thing to do to, you know, to be alive while your kids are alive. I think the stereotype is that uh, children of rich fathers have a tendency to grow up messed up anyway. Yeah. It's a stereotype. It doesn't make it so um, in every case. But, um, you know, they're, so, they're, so they grow up in a different sort of messed up. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free packet eight dot net line. Are you someone who was born to a, a a family where dad was really old, and did you not get to know your dad as a result of that, or mom? I, I, I suppose it, it doesn't happen that way very often. Um, did you not get to know your father very often, um, as a re- or very well as a result of that, and do you regret that? You know, do you wonder who dad was? Do you find yourself curious about that, or is it not a big deal? Is this uh, much ado about nothing? Have you moved? You know, have you sort of just moved on and forgotten about it, or does it sort of claw at you a little bit? I guess my dad was over forty when he um, when I was born. Okay. Uh, you know, my I'm adopted, and my parents were uh, you know had to wait I think ten years in order to get me. Um, so you know, mom was uh, thirty, and, and dad was forty or forty one. Early forties. Yeah, forties plus, and then or forty one, something like that. So. Well, that's when they're he was old. That's when they're saying it's getting a little late. Yeah, you probably yeah. have your forties. I mean, because things, again, things were fine, but he was getting old. Yeah, if you've got eighteen to twenty years, then you're pretty much good to go. And I'd mm-hmm. say at forty, you know, if you live till you're sixty-nine or seventy-nine, you're all right. But if you're getting into, if you're into your fifties, then it's probably too late. Well, that, it, who knows if it's too late. Did did Dad being in his 40s have any effect on you? Um, I noticed that my father up? was um, seemed to be older than other fathers, but, you know, I don't think... That's it, about it, it. Yeah, it wasn't... It, was he, he still able to go stuff. out and hit some baseballs with you, that sort of he thing? Did, he did all the fatherly things. That's he did, good. He didn't do very many of them, but he did, he did them. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll free line for you. Of course, it's a, it's an interesting... Uh, road to it's, not, it's an interesting balance because if you have kids too early, you might not be able to financially support them. If you have kids too late, you, you'll have the finances, but you might not have the help. So it seems like 30 is probably the best time to do it. Your thoughts, 800-259-9231. Anything goes, it is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves is 800-259-9231, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark? That's the packet8.net toll-free line, 800-259-9231. 
And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, including archives. That's right, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience for free at freetalklive.com. And is there a young person that's important to you? Well, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's a kidsjourney.com, 800-657-5066. So, Mark, let's jump into the email box. What do you have for us? Well, um, I've got an email from a listener. His name's uh, Brandon, and he says, Hey, guys, I listen to your show religiously. Well, as religiously as a fallen Mormon can be religious about anything, but have never written or called. But I have voted. I live in uh, Alaska and have been uh, somewhere between libertarian and conservative for about 10 years now. I also consider myself an environmental conservationist. One year for Christmas, my father gave me two gifts, a donation to the Nature um, Conservancy Mm -hmm. in in my name and a copy of The Monkey Wrench Gang by Edward Abney. If you've never read Ed Abney, you're missing out. The Monkey Wrench found its way um, to a tattoo on my left shoulder, and I occasionally make a donation to the Nature Conservancy during charity time. Got it. I have found them to be the least um, dependent on the government for conservation. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. They typically try to just buy the land in jeopardy. That said, I'm struggling greatly with an issue that is very hot right now in Alaska. A company from Canada, Northern Dynasty, sounds awful, owns the rights to a (laughs) mining claim called the Pebble Mine. This claim just happens to be located at the headwaters of some of two Alaska's most productive rivers. These rivers are the source of much um, sustainable income for the sport and commercial fishing industries. Northern Dynasty proposes a building, uh, building a massive open pit gold and copper mine. Their proposal includes building an enormous dam to hold the uh, tailings. I don't know a lot about uh, mine tailings other than if the crap ever escaped the dam or seeped into the, uh, water, seeped into the waterway, it would destroy this fishery for years and years. The history of open pit mining dictates that, this sh- um, that should this mine go forth, these rivers are screwed. The argument is the conservationist, uh, argument is the conservationist to me. Uh, so wait, let me see if I understand this. He's saying that if they have this open pit mine... It, the, uh, the the gold or silver or whatever it is they're going to be mining will get into the water and kill the animals? No, something called tailings. 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 And I'm not, not sure exactly what it's all uh, about. But something from the mine will get into the water and kill the animals. Right. Um, if something goes wrong with their dam. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it says, I don't know a lot about tailings other than if the crap ever escaped the dam or seeped into the watershed, it would destroy this fishery for years and years. I, th- I think in this case we have to simply take um, him as his word. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that he sure. knows more about it than we do, and we need to address it based on you know just that. Right. That a a company has purchased a an, a pivotal piece of land at the head of two rivers, mm-hmm. and these rivers have a lot of fish in them, and a lot of people depend on um, the fish for income and sport. Sure. And they're going to be doing something that's somewhat dangerous, not necessarily um, not necessarily our po- poison the river, but dangerous and could poison the river. Okay. Was there more to the email, or was that it? On the flip side, the state of Alaska owns the land and has leased the rights to Northern Dynasty. Northern Dynasty oh. has spent 
millions for the leases, the surveys, the plans, etc. Mm-hmm. They are heavily invested in this mine. This, um, the state screwed up when it made this land available for mining. Why should Northern Dynasty well, the um, state pay didn't the price? screw up. The state does what it does best, and that is takes money from people. You know, this is what happens when you put precious land in the hands of the government. They are inevitably going to turn it over to the people who are going to do the worst to it. What do you guys think? I would love to argue the pro-environmental side of this against you, but unfortunately I'm only a podcast listener. Everyone, everyone has one or two big issues about how a truly free capitalistic society would work. I guess this one is mine. Well, nobody has ever suggested that uh, the free market would be a perfect solution to everything. No, there's how- certainly going to be circumstances in the free market where a mining company is going to poison some rivers and kill some fish. However, what we do know is that the government is the number one polluter in the United States. Mm-hmm. I presume it's probably similar in other countries as well. But the government uh, is, is, the, is, the bigger, is a bigger polluter than the top four corporate polluters combined. And so we know that the government isn't a very good steward of the environment. So, I mean, it seems like the, the obvious choice is to move to the free marketplace, regardless of what risks that might entail as well, because how could we do worse than the government? You know, in the, in the free market, all property would be privately owned, and that would include the river. Now, maybe the river would be owned in different parts by different people. For instance, I've seen a, a lake that was privately owned in pie shape, uh, like pie-shaped chunks mm-hmm. by the people that were uh, living around the lake. And so it's possible to own different chunks of a natural resource like that, in which case all of the lake owners sort of have their own little lake coalition, and they get together to set certain rules for it. Right. I don't know how big this river is, um, but you know, certainly smaller creeks could be owned um, out into the middle by uh, the people who own houses on either side, that kind of thing. Right. And so then, of course... Because the resource would mountains be owned. are owned, rivers can be owned. Right. Because the resource would be owned, then the owners would have a real reason to protect that resource. So, if a mining company came in and uh, and started making offers on this, they they would have a, a you know a real reason to possibly be concerned about it. And maybe the Nature Conservancy would come in and make a counter offer as well. You know, maybe hey, we might not be able to offer as much as this particular mining company, but look at our side of the story, and that is that if you let this company in here, it's going to decimate this river. And of course, if you own a river, there's a chance that you care about the river. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that you care about the wildlife in it. So there's a good chance that you might just take the couple million from the Nature Conservancy and put it in their hands, and, uh, you know, there's a good chance that what will happen in the free marketplace where the government has to divest itself of all of this property that it owns, and it owns a lot of property, especially Especially west of the Mississippi. Especially in Alaska. Right. Um, The government will have to divest itself of all of this property, and so there's a good chance that some environmental essentially uh, environmental entrepreneurs, if you will, will get into the game and start snapping up some of these very sensitive properties, these rivers, these wetlands, uh, swamps, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They'll snap it up because it much, most, most, of, most of it is in very underdeveloped regions. It probably wouldn't cost a lot of money to really get your hands on these things. And, and they would do similar to what the Nature Conservancy does, and that is protect it. They hold the property and they protect it. That's all those people do, as I understand. And, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's ecotourism in lots of countries around the world. I know Costa Rica has a, a great deal of ecotourism. And although I've heard people speak out against ecotourism, that, uh, you know, tramping uh, 10,000 people through this uh, rainforest is destroying it. It's destroying it. It's absurd. It. Well, it, it, they're not it, tramping through the whole thing. There's just not, a one not, particular right, area. Right. They're not tramping through the whole thing. Um, but at the very same time, they're 
doing a, they're doing more than anyone could ever do to keep this forest pristine because they're bringing people there to look at it in its state. They have a financial interest in it being in in state. You know, con, you know, staying in the uh, status that it's in, not mm-hmm. being transformed into anything. Also, the companies in a free market world, the companies that would buy a resource like this uh, dynasty company would have to be careful because if they were to screw it up, if mm-hmm. they were to pollute this river, then it'd be easy to point the finger at them right. and say, hey, what well, a dynasty, whatever company it was, Northern, they, dynasty. Northern Dynasty ruined these rivers, and you shouldn't buy their products anymore. Oh, not to mention, hey, they poisoned uh, you know, my portion of the river, which is downstream from their portion right. of the river, imagine, and they owe me. Imagine the ostracism and the cases, the, uh, the cases that cases. could come out of it. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Bring up anything. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Get you to it. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. The concept is simple. It's like the listener-editable version of the website. There are over a 1,000 pages to the wiki, which means it's bigger than the Free Talk Live website, the official site. So wiki.freetalklive.com will get you there. And does your company have a bunch of unpaid receivables just sitting out there? Well, try SACL CAI. They do collections in a whole new way. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So they record their uh, every customer interaction so you can check their work. Let SACL CAI handle any or all of your account's receivable needs. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As we go to the phones, to the fun. Let's talk to Joe in Atlanta. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Joe. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going great. What's on your mind? Okay. Well, if you're talking an open pit mine for gold and silver, gold and silver run along quartz veins in granite. Okay. Okay. So you're talking about grinding quartz and granite and basically settling out the gold and silver in a liquid suspension. So it sounds like making making sand, making dirt. Oh, much finer than that. Okay. Much finer than that. Think along the lines of granite talcum powder. Hmm. Okay. Okay? Granite and quartz talcum powder. And if that gets into the stream, you've got two things that happen. One, it chokes the immediate life out of the stream because the... Aquatic creatures from the insects all the way up to the fish have gills. They're breathing breathing it in. Breathing in this uh, pulverized rock. And it coats their gills. Gotcha. And they die. Yikes. The other effect that you get is once that stuff settles into the riverbed, you ever see what stone dust does on driveways? Driveways made of stone dust? I I, I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, they, they do this and pour this dust out for people's driveways, if you want a real cheap driveway, all over the country. And driving over it compacts it to the point where it's as tough as cement. Mm -hmm. Okay? This stuff will settle in the riverbed. And create cement? And be impermeable. Okay. 
aquatic plants won't be able to root, so the river won't be able to repopulate itself. Oh, boy. Naturally. So the bacteria will die off and... Uh, Everything will, will die Everything off. Everything will die as That's, a result. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then there'll be no real way without abatement, you know, without dredging the whole riverbed of this cement, of this stone cement. My goodness. And the government of Alaska is what is putting right. uh, these here's, rivers in that here's position. Here's the scenario now. They, they uh, rent to this land to Northern Dynasty for their uh, gold mining operation, which, which could likely kill off um, these rivers if uh, this de- pulverized rock gets out into Permanent. the... Permanently. Permanently. It, it could very Permanently. well do such a thing. And then, you know, now, hold, uh, hold on. Let me, let, let me, let me uh, recap here. It could very well, you know, uh, and it's their river, so, you know, there's no real uh, recourse that, the, that uh, the Alaskan people have in order to, to have, you know, have this rectified after it's done, um, if, it's, if such a thing is done. So, yeah, what's the company going to do, uh, be do, uh, forced to pay money to the government in restitution? I mean, right. the, the it's people the government who did it in the first place. <laughs> Well, if the money goes to the government, nothing will ever happen with it except it'll get tucked away in these, yeah. you know, bogus uh, or bank maybe, accounts. Or maybe the have. EPA will be called in to do a cleanup for, at the cost of billions upon billions of dollars. Of taxpayer dollars. Right. Yep. And, any, and if you were to sue the company for it, you know, the mining company for it, that would be tied up and nothing would happen for decades. Yeah, exactly right. So, again, putting the government in charge of land, probably the worst thing we can do to the environment. <laughs> the government in charge of anything absolutely what do they say you know our founding fathers small government you know, it it seems all government. It's, I understand what what uh, environmentalists the fear that they have, but look at what's happening when we put the government in charge of things. It's yeah. the worst solution. Joe, thank the very you. Great solution. call. Appreciate the expertise, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That was good. You know, I mean, we were reading reading it, and and he uh, let us know, you know, exactly what happened. We have the smartest listeners in the world. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The packet eight dot net toll free line. Let's talk to Jim in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Jim. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great. Good to, What's see, up? La- Good to see you last weekend at the Liberty Forum. Excellent. Yep. Well, how did you feel about it? Oh, it was spectacular. Had you... charged up. Now, you yeah. live in New Hampshire. Yeah, I've lived there since 2003, but haven't gone to any of the Pork Fest or anything like that. So, I'm so this was really in. your first real exposure to, uh, to the Free State Project in its full form then? Way cool. I, I was really impressed myself because I have yet to I, I have yet to uh, attend a pork fest or anything else, and I was just blown away this weekend. Yeah, it was crazy. And um, Ron Paul was just spectacular. I couldn't believe words like that coming out of a politician's mouth. Right. And, it, it, you know, and the other thing that I felt like is I I haven't seen a whole bunch of politicians speak. Uh, you just saw in the last Ian. You just saw in the last couple of weeks. You saw Hillary Clinton speak. Um, we both saw Joe Biden speak, and Joe's running for president too um, now. But I felt like Ron Paul sounded entirely presidential giving that speech. Yeah, yeah he did a great job. He was just very reasoning. Yeah, and it was very, it was weird to hear him talking about um, all the issues that we talk about on Free Talk Live. Sans immigration. Um, yeah, he didn't mention immigration. No, during. no, he didn't. He's he's no fool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, good. Yeah, so he was on Lou Dobbs tonight. Oh, was he? And he he did talk about immigration on that. So yeah, I did, I did notice that. What was his uh, What was his position? Can you sum it up? Um, well, they only talked about three things. They talked about the war in the, uh, war in Iraq, um, immigration, and. Um, uh, I think he talked about monetary policy as well. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, the immigration was, you know, to 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 um, you know, to to protect our borders, 
but he also, you know, it also said to to get rid of welfare for immigrants. Did he say oh, just for immigrants? He, well, you know, he didn't he didn't say otherwise, but he did say for immigrants. I think he's trying to, you know, uh, not. Yeah, he's trying to pander on that. Two, I think I feel like he's a panderer on the uh, the immigration issue, and I think that's un- uh, that's unfortunate, and that's why when he does finally announce for uh, for his candidacy, I would like to try to get him on the show. I don't want to get him on before that because it's not really news until that happens. But once he does, I want to get him on and uh, and hold his feet to the fire on that one because how he can possibly be uh, for controlling the border, but yet also for freedom, is a major contradiction. And right. I don't know why he – I think it's like because he lives in Texas, he feels like he has to say those things, as a typical politician would, in order to continue getting reelected. Well, he also did have on there that you know he wants to reform immigration policy, and I, I hope that means making it easier and more uh, open. You would you would think so, but uh, if he's not being explicit, it could mean anything. Well, you know, it seems like from his point of view that um, you know he would want to get uh, – Get the government out of helping these major corporate, you know, these these companies that benefit from essentially slave the slave labor of illegal immigrants. Um, and the re- what I say slave labor, I mean when you come come across the board illegally and you work for me and I pay you two dollars an hour or um, five dollars a bushel or whatever it is that they're paying you, and then somebody offers you a little bit more and you tell me that you're going to leave, I say, oh no, you aren't, son. Otherwise, you're going to go. The ICE officials are going to find out about you. Mm. So you are in fact my slave. Um, if they would allow these people to come over freely, then it would change everything. Any uh, other highlights, uh, Jim, that you wanted to talk about from yeah. the convention or something else? Well, you, you know how they have the little teaser uh, before the commercial break on shows like, you know, on TV shows. So the teaser for um, Ron Paul was they were talking about him announcing his presidency or announcing the the, 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 the committee. Right. The, what do you call it? Exploratory, Exploratory committee. committee. And they had him taking the stand at the Liberty Forum. And they had the porcupine in the background with attaining social and economic freedom oh, that's nice. poster up there. So. Very sharp. Jim, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line. To John in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, you're mentioning the uh, Ron Paul being in New Hampshire, and the uh, fellow was just talking about uh, <clears throat> how great he sounds, and, and Mark's mentioning that he, that he sounds presidential. Uh, it brought to mind a quote, and I don't recall who said it uh, many years ago, that uh, whoever it was, he wanted to be president to do something. Most politicians want to be president to be somebody. Hmm. Interesting observation. And I believe that uh, that you're right. I think if Ron Paul is elected, he will actually do something instead of pushing his pet issues. You know, one of the things he said was he was going to try to do little. Um, and that's, you know, but he's going to get the presidency back to size, I think, is what he's going to do. J- John, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring out what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The place to go. All the features there are totally free. But we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier as over... 320, I think actually more than 330 of our listeners have decided to do. It's simple. You just go to amp.freetalklive.com, learn about the program, learn how we're taking the money in from you on a monthly basis, as little as $3 a month, that's all we're asking for, and we turn it around into promoting the show. We buy industry advertisements in Talkers Magazine to get more radio stations aware of the program and on board with us, also buying internet advertising as well, and more, including uh, attending a talk radio convention next month, 
All of these things go to grow the show and thereby grow the amount of people exposed to the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's important to you, head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about it. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Of course, we just had a couple of calls come in about the, uh, the the Free State Project's New Hampshire Liberty Forum, which went off without a hitch over the weekend. It was an awesome event. Of course, we were broadcasting live. If you missed it, grab the archives at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org as we go to yet another attendee, of the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Forum over the weekend. It's Keith calling from Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Ian and Mark. I have two questions. My first one is, I know you have a um, shrine of female listeners, and I met uh, Mark's lovely wife Mm. at the um, Liberty Forum. Yes. And I know she listens to the show at least sometimes, but I didn't see her on the shrine of female listener page. Is that right? Yeah, she's she's a little uh, uncomfortable with the spotlight. There you go. Okay, well, then I'll go to my other question. Um, also, I listen to your show pretty much every night because y'all are probably the most knowledgeable talk show host on the planet, let's face it. I don't Please. know about that. I would say Gardner Goldsmith is far more knowledgeable than I. But, okay, go ahead. Oh, well, I have a question. Um, I recently started dating this um, upper crust-ish type person. Okay. And she's into, like, healthy, like, expensive, exotic foods like Thai food or sushi and stuff like that. But I don't really know much about what I should order. I don't want to be embarrassed, like, if I'm at, you know, a restaurant and I'm ordering. So could you all give me some tips on what to order? Well, it would depend on which uh, restaurant you went to and, um, you know, as as to whether it was a Thai restaurant or a Vietnamese but, restaurant. Or... But, now, hold on. I know you're an expert on these sorts of things, Mark. I wouldn't go that far. But I want. But you eat a lot more uh, sushi than I do. Yes. Um, although I do enjoy sushi myself. Uh my question is, who are you going to be embarrassed about or by? Is it the, the wait staff that you're concerned uh, about embarrassing yourself towards or your girlfriend? Well, I guess both, maybe. Okay. I don't know. If no, I'm kind of embarrassed right now by your question. So. Are, you tr- are you trying to, uh, to come off as though you actually are some sort of a sushi expert? Are you trying to, to play yourself as someone who knows as much or more about this topic as your girlfriend does? Because I think if that's what you're trying to do, you're being a little bit deceptive, and uh, eventually you're going to get caught. Ian might be right on Why that. not just be honest with her and say, you know what, um, so-and-so, uh, I've never been to a sushi bar before. I don't know how to order. I don't know what to do. Can you please explain to me what, the, what I should do or, or, or show, me, uh, show me the ropes, so to speak? So is that your way of saying you don't have any good recommendations? I, I was just interrupting and sort of looking at this from an honesty perspective. Now, now we'll go with the dishonest guy on the on the the show. Mark, go ahead and give him some suggestions. Why do I have to be the dishonest one? You're um, the salesman. When Come it on. comes to oh, that's that's just an unfair <laughs> thing to say about salesmen out there. I hope you get a whole bunch of emails for that crap. Um, anyway, uh, sushi has this sort. Come of, on, Mark. We know that uh, whenever you claim how many affiliates we have, you always claim too high of a number. I claim. No, what I claim is stations, and I think that a cable station is just as legitimate as a radio station. So I claim everything just to make it easy for people. All right, fine. Go with your excuse. Anyway, um, sushi has this sort of beginner sushi. You can get uh, you know, a Mexican roll, which uh, has uh, cooked shrimp in it. You don't have to uh, try anything um, crazy there if you're, if you're not comfortable with, um, with raw fish, that kind of thing. Probably you shouldn't go with sashimi right off the top, but that's what I did, and I really enjoyed it. Um, anyway, you know, there's there's different types of sushi you can get that's uh, 
cooked, and it's probably a little safer. There's, uh, you know, sushi that has uh, rolled up cucumbers. And well, it's I don't know if you're concerned with the safety issue, are you, Keith? Safe when I mean... Uh, Not really about safety. Comfortable. What do you mean, comfortable as far as eating it? Yeah. You know, it... As a matter of fact, if you're not um, if you're not concerned with what it's going to taste like, and you just want to try something new, just go ahead and order anything off the menu that looks good. Well, now if you're in a place where the menu is sort of foreign, like I don't know, a Thai restaurant, no, not not a sushi restaurant generally. Okay, but I don't know Thai. I've never eaten at a Thai restaurant before. Mm-hmm. So is there are there some places where they just sort of put items on the menu and you don't really know what's in it? Not generally, but um, you may not necessarily you'll know what's in it, but you may not necessarily know what what you're, the concoction that you're going to get put in front of you. Do you feel like, Keith, um, you'll be coming from a point of weakness if you simply ask your girlfriend for assistance? Wow, these are a lot of um, personal questions. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. Well, now, you call in asking about your relationship. You're going to get personal questions uh, in return. So you're concerned that you won't, uh, because you don't know as much uh, about sushi and Thai food as she does, that you won't be manly enough for her? Well... I wouldn't say manly. Obviously, I said um, you know the upper crust type thing, but I don't want to know as much, but maybe a little. She and must. She like must know that you're not upper smart. crust. I mean, you, you, uh, you're not an upper crust guy, right? You're in the military. You're kind of just a down to earth dude. She must know that about you already, right? Um. Well, maybe I'm not. You're not portraying yourself as Richie Rich, are you? Well, I don't really want to discuss my financial information. <laughs> Um, I just can't see. I mean, I guess I uh, just looking at it from a relationship perspective. If I was, if I were with a girl who were going to get upset about the fact that I didn't know what was on a menu, I wouldn't want to be with that person. And if she had a problem or were or were to look down on me because I asked for help, asked her for her help, that's to, that's a compliment. If you ask me, asking someone for their assistance in regards to ordering from a restaurant, I I would consider that a compliment if someone asked me for for that sort of help. And most if she peop- takes it differently, screw her. Most people like to give, um, like to, to talk about things that they know something about, and it makes them you know comfortable so i i think that it may very well be a good way to go she might take it as a compliment that you're looking to her for her expertise on this very issue i'd approach it from that look at it like that there you go thank you um you totally changed my perspective and also thanks mark for um, the tips on the actual food it's ian the dating expert and what you might want to do if you want to do more research uh don't rely on mark but go on the internet and look up you know look up like a sushi guide where you can sort of in advance look at the different types that way you don't have to spend too long at the menu uh when you're actually at the restaurant thanks for the call keith we appreciate hearing from you 800-259-9231 the toll-free number uh there there are plenty of uh, there's plenty of information out there as far as uh, foreign foods on the internet. Uh, I'm a huge fan of American Chinese. I just I love it. Yeah, um, it's, it's excellent. It's I mean, very tasty. Who doesn't I, like that? I love a good General Zhao and uh, orange chicken as well. I'm a, I'm a pepper steak and uh, shrimp fried rice guy. And what I I was looking for recently was a uh, some sort of a chi- American Chinese food guide. And it wasn't, it was actually a little bit difficult to find because when you type in Chinese food guide, you just get a bunch of takeout menus uh, on the internet. And, but eventually I did find it. And in fact, I found that Wikipedia, surprisingly, I, or maybe I shouldn't be surprised because they really do seem to have an article on everything. Wikipedia, when you type in the dish, so if you type in General uh, Tso's, it's, mm-hmm. it's spelled T-S-O, but it's actually, I think it's pronounced General Zhao. You type in General Zhao, it comes up on Wikipedia, you get the history of the dish. 
You don't just get what's in it and how it's made, but you get you find out that it was made in New York at a, an American Chinese place in the 1970s that the General Zhao himself never had his own chicken. And you find out all <laughs> kinds of interesting things. So, you know, if you really want to wow her with your knowledge about sushi, even though you, you're sort of faking it, go uh, go to Wikipedia. I, I bet they've got a huge sushi article at Wikipedia. I'm sure they do. Let's go to Takoa in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Takoa. Hello. Um, yeah, you said my name right. Um, yes, okay. I I just happen to be an opportunivore. If the t- opportunity arises to eat, I'm going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I um I live on the road mostly, mm-hmm. um, and I travel around the country and serve free food. Um, in Babylon, I try to live outside of the electricity culture as possible. In Babylon? Uh, yeah, you know. Babylon. No. People, Babylonians are people that couldn't live without electricity, you know? Like the Amish, to me, are not Babylonian. They do dealings with Babylonians, but they don't, um, so but they're not. So you're someone who lives without electricity, is what you're saying? Well, I do my best not to. I have a small, uh, one-year-old daughter, so right now um, I'm helping a friend out that I met years back um, rebuild her farm. And uh, it got trashed by some people taking advantage, and so my family or I. And you know, Takoa, I, I find what you're talking about to be absolutely fascinating, and I wish I could know more. What I'd like to invite you to do is perhaps to call at the beginning of an hour, um, maybe tomorrow night. Call the same number at the beginning of either the seven, eight, or nine, or uh, seven, eight, or nine o'clock Eastern Time hours, because right now we're out of time, and I think it's interesting what you're talking about. And Wonderful. thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Call us back sometime. Fascinating. Babylonians serving food to people. Uh, I want to know more. No electricity. We're going to be back tomorrow night online in the meantime. FreeTalkLive.com. See it. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, WoodcraftPlans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, Yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com.